You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. It's communal, it's spiritual, it's intellectual and free. It's Lincoln Center, Dim Lit Jazz Club, Harlem Jam Session, and tonight it is B-Side. I am your host, Queen God Is, simply here to warn you that our special guests, Winso and The Shakes, are probably gonna leave some of y'all shook with their whirling windstorm of creative energy, kaleidoscope of musical influences and funky flair for collaborative magic that seduces folks of all faiths into hearing color, seeing sounds, and catching vibes. Buckle up, Brooklyn, for what's sure to be another live ride on B-Side. we just heard it's the mood I'm in of from Winso and the Shakes and I just want to say this to you normally when we have artists on the show and it's like more than one two three of y'all um, I try to cheat a little bit and I just have you introduce everybody but I think I got this okay so hoofing we got Taylor give it up On the drums, killing it. We got Savannah, give it up. On the keys in the corner in the back, we got Matisse. The horn section, we got Ruben and Julian. On the vocals, and also after the show, I might be stealing him from y'all, so say your goodbyes now. We got Buyo from South Africa on the vocals. And last night, but not least, we have the homie, my friend, our new friend, Michael Muenso. So, you are an interesting cat. I'm gonna use as much of my jazz slang as I possibly can today. Uh, You were born in Sierra Leone. Um, Well, you're very right. You know, I was born in Freetown, Sierra Leone. But my, my mother had met my, my father actually in London before she went to Sierra They actually met in London. Okay. My father was from Zambia. Oh. His mother is South African, his father is Zambia. So were you conceived in London? I do believe that's what my mother said. <laughs> <laughs> but because, but then my, my father's mother was dying, so okay. he had to go back before I was born. And he went back to Lusaka, and then in that time period my grandmother reached out to my mom and said, it's, it's, it's not good that you have this child as a lone single mother in London, so come back to Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. That's where my grandmother was living um, at that time. So it really, 
to be honest, it's very unusual that I was born in Sierra Leone because really a lot of the family had moved by then and, and were living in Nigeria. That's, that's my, my, my maternal grandfather's Nigerian and, and a, a lot of Ghanaian relatives. So it was interesting that Sierra Leone was where I was born, but we lived there and moved around too to Nigeria and Ghana in those years. And then my mother met my stepfather when I was about 10, he came to Sierra Leone. And she married him and they moved to London. And that was a very different life. He was a very, uh, uh, very beautiful man. You know, he, had, he was a divorcee, he had children of his own, but you know, wanted to marry my mother and was ready to take you know, her child too in a certain way. And, and we lived with him for a while, his name was Roger. And he was a very wonderful man. He didn't live as, as long as he should have and he, okay. he, he died and that was a whole journey. Mm -hmm. of, and then that was really the time of a very deep moment that when music came into my life okay. because you know, that was a very different uh, life changes. You know, mm -hmm. your mom going through stuff, you try to understand what your mom's going through and mm -hmm. you're not, maybe not being around your mom as much as you'd want to. And music came into my life at that time. And then in that time too, I, you know, I was very lucky that a lot of the uh, musicians who became so important in my life as, as I grew, I was able to see a lot of them, yeah. you know, 1997, 98. Mm -hmm. You still had the ability to see people like Betty Carter and Elvin Jones, and of course, James Brown, Ray Charles, B.B. King, Bobby Bland. Yeah, you're people. dropping them all in there real and, fast. And um, it's, it's real, you know. I was, let's slow it down just a little bit so everybody can really let this sink in um, because it is quite an anomaly in so many different ways and I want us to be clear about how. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to a millennial. This man is born in 1984. James Brown was born uh, 1933. Mm. Passed away in 2006. Is 73 years old. Um, so when I read that you played with James Brown, mm. I, I was like, I tried to do the math. I was like, did James Brown die? Like, <laughs> I was like, literally, I had to like Wikipedia the heck out of this situation. So. 14, 15, 16 mm -hmm. year old. Mm -hmm. You are a skinny little kid with a big mm -hmm. ass baggy suit and a oh, bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> you have seen, you have seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> so I'm watching this video of him on YouTube on stage with James Brown. Most people get their 15 minutes of fame. Kids are lucky because they're cute. And so somebody like James Brown might be like, I don't mind putting this little one on stage because he's cute. We're going to get some extra hooting and hollering from the ladies, whatever, whatever. This kid did not get 15 minutes. He got like a residency run. <laughs> and then like, there were moments where you're passing the, the mic and the stage back to James Brown and then you go back out again and I'm like how is this possible from the James Brown that we know mm. whose band members will easily get That's kicked right. out if they hit the wrong <laughs> note or don't show up on time you literally had quite a bit of time amongst these people who most people only get to read about or learn about in textbooks and so okay so now we're circling back to family let's talk about your mom mm. Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, her spirit, her frustrations, you know, she was a frustrated artist. She left... What kind of artist? Um, an actress. She left uh, Nigeria in the late 1970s to come to Raja, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London, to study. Okay. And, you know, she was there. She got a scholarship, you know, after about a year or two, life changes. Things happened. She couldn't stay. She had to do day jobs. So a lot of it, but from a young child, me, she would always drag me to when she's doing community plays. And, and she, she would get parts and she would cuss out the directors and then, yeah. then she would get fired and then, and then they would beg her to come back because she's so good and you know and this is how she kind of had an outlet and I would go a lot to these community plays that she would do you know where she would, she would do all kind of different uh, parts so really a lot of the you know strength 
comes from her, mm -hmm. seeing all the things she went through, you know. A lot of the power and, and, and the conviction of, of, of belief comes from seeing her and seeing her struggles. And, and the permission. Yes. She gave you a green light did. at an age that most parents would not. Yes. Um, mm. And so let's shout out to your mom. Um, yes. And on a quick note, this is... Cassandra this, and song. Yeah, there life. you go. In your life, song. I'm just gonna start out showing off. <laughs> um, in a lot of traditions, there's a lot of taboo about women um, drumming, but I just want you to see what happens when women hold down the rhythm section. <laughs> Family, so we ended off talking about your mom. We want to shout out to Cassandra. Um, and coincidentally, you happen to call everybody in the band or some version of Pops. <laughs> so we start with your mama, mm. and then we, we you, you're, the idea of father is yes. not leave. Yes. Everybody Searching gets called for pops. The father. Yeah. So, right. Mm. So I think that you know that's still a nod to sometimes what's absent is also very present. Well, uh, first you know in in all of the the original cultures, of course the African culture, we, every anyone that's older than you, you just call him baba, mm -hmm. or you call him father. Um, but also it's it, it's a, it's it's a, a term of endearment also just see even your fellow person as your father. Mm -hmm. You are a brother, you are a father to me, you are, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely something that started off as, you know, something, you know, you would, I would say to someone, with, that's how I feel about him, there's a love there, you know. And it could be even people younger than you. But it has definitely become something of, of it's a love, it's a, it's a respect. And not everyone is a pops. <laughs> right. Some people don't. Some people There's a lot of no. not not pops. No, no. <laughs> not everyone deserves it. Yeah. No. How so? The Shakes is a rotating cast of musicians, um, usually three to five players. Talk to us really quickly about the name, The Shakes. Mm. Um, how did that come about? And tell us your relationship with these people who mm. are here with you today. Well, uh, you know, the, the Shakes has, has become something of, of a community, of a family, uh, a musical family, a spiritual family, an artistic family. And the word really came out of the being of, of whatever is your thing that you like to do. You, we would say things like, uh, uh, what's shaking? Or what, yeah. what is the shake? Or what, what's, what's going down? It could mean anything. Okay. It's how you phrase it. It's also okay. the rhythm of it. It could be anything. That's the beauty of the word. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, we just, it's something we use. It's like we said pops. Yeah. But it also is, then it became even more than that. And so we just said we title ourselves the Shakes because we do a lot of different things. Okay. And you can't put, you can't 
define it in a certain way Which is too. a great it's way. It's a lot of different things. And we're going to come back to this question of a lot of different things as we attempt to try to genreify you for those who need That's those exactly classifications. Why I'm That's I know, why I got it. I got you. We're here. We're here. Um, <laughs> so when you're at the Grammys or some other musical uh, event and the Alabama Shakes are there, do y'all like have to bust out in a rap, <laughs> a rap battle to keep the name? Who keeps the name? Is there beef around it? No, I don't. No. no. Okay, good. That's good to know. I was just checking. No, I know what you're saying. Just checking. Though. Yes. All right, so let's tell Tell us really quickly how you met them, how often they play with you, what it, the relationship is like. It's what you say. It, it has become, there's, there's veteran shakes, too. There's okay. people that have been there, and we, when we, we call them, <laughs> we call them, we call them when, when, we, when we need them, but there's people that, you know, they don't play with us all the time. There's even one in the audience right Shout now. Shout them out real quick. His name is Alfonso Horn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He don't really play with us a lot, but he's an honorary shake, yeah. so he can yeah. come anytime. But, you know, we, we have many different people. We have we have five piano players, six different drummers. We're very lucky now that Savannah is coming to our miss. Every person Because she's it. dope, yes. obviously. No, well, that's not also it, because every person that comes in individualizes the music in their own way. Okay. So she has now made the song sound different, and okay. she brings her own spiritual power. So we also have a female percussionist, Negar, who's normally here, and she brings a whole other vibe. Okay. But it really has evolved, and Savannah was coming to our miss recently, and has brought such amazing beauty yes. and love to the, to what we're trying to do. Michaela is is many roles. She she's a sister. She's a mother. She's you know she's she's a comforter. She's a friend. She allows us to to make mistakes and to also tell us about our mistakes so that we can do better. And she teaches us. You know, I always I said to her the other day. I said to her that I wish every man could live with a woman as a friend before you go and try and be with a woman. Okay. Because you, every man needs to do it. I'm not talking about the mother, I'm talking about the one after that. Mm -hmm. She teaches us a lot. So that's what she Thank is. Thank you, Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> Who else we got on this side? Then, then we have Matisse. Matisse has been around us for, for many different years and, and now has, be, has become such a vocal point of what it has become. And, and uh, he's a Gemini. We've had to, one time we were going to go to Ukraine and bass player didn't sort out the visa or something happened, so we had to go to Ukraine without no bass. So from then on, in there, Matisse has been fulfilling the role with such strength. This is very hard. He's playing the bass and the harmony and everything like that. So give Matisse Bacard yeah. a round of applause. Ruben, you're talking about family community. Ruben was someone when I was in London that I was fortunate to be around when he was growing up, when he was 16, 17 years old, he would come to Ronnie Scott's and they would do exactly what I was doing 10 years before, you know, and coming to the gigs and coming to the jam sessions. And now he lives in New York, so he's very special. And then this gentleman, Julian Lee, he, we had been hearing about him for so long before he was in the shakes, but he actually has probably been one of the longest. He was star, he, he started being in the band when he was like 17, 18. So he's seen a lot of different things, but, okay. but you know, but he comes with a very long line of, of musicians. His mother's a great musician, his father's a great musician, all of the children, all of his siblings are great musicians. And Vuyo came into our lives. We don't know how it happened. <laughs> but we know why it could continue mean, you to know, happen. We don't know how it happened. It just happened. It, this is the one that, for a lot of us, you know, uh, Jasmine Casano was a place where we, a lot of us met. And a lot where a lot of this started to evolve through a lot of the stuff I was doing there. Yeah. And Vuya worked there too. Okay. Um, and would be in the office with me. And I, you know, but I'd heard about Vuya a year or two before that. Oh, okay. From people who had been in a competition with him and, and he beat and he beat them. 
and I'd heard about him, but when he came to the office, I, I, I recognized him and I said, this is, the, this is the person I'd been hearing about. So it's by magic he's here. Look at them, look at them. Look at them, look at them. Officially coming with me. This is Moinso and the Shakes. That song was called Know the God. What is Know the God about? And I think that's a great, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that song and the process, but I think that's a great segue after that to go into your transition from yes. Africa to Europe to the States. There's so many transitions in this song mm -hmm. and they are precise, but mm -hmm. they are also fluid. And mm -hmm. I think that that might be an interesting metaphor for what it seems like your journey is. So go for it. What is Know the God about? Nova God is is really is, is a conscious song. It's it's a it's a prayer song. It it it's, it has sections and it. it's supposed to be a section of your own search. It, you create your own energy. You know you create. If you want things, you can make them happen. You know you mm -hmm. have to believe. You have to have faith. Of course, you have to work hard. But you know there is an ability of power that you can use to make things happen. And I was telling myself these things. But I also was going through a lot of uh, you know. Uh, like this kind of feeling, look at them, people watching, you know, I was going for a little bit of that. I was trying to get strength to be able to, you know, be Can cool. Can you clarify that? Do you mean being a public I face? Was not, I, was, I, was, I was feeling like I, I didn't want to be seen. Really? I didn't want to be seen because I felt like if I went outside, people would say, look at it, look at it. That's what I was dealing with. When? Right. At what point in your life? Uh, this was maybe like two years ago. Really? You know, there was a transition and that was what was going on. But then there also was another part these are these are almost like emotions i was going through and i tried to put them in the song in a certain way as how it evolved yeah. from knowing the god the god in you and then you know going through your own insecurities but then also believing who you are mm -hmm. but you should also be aware that you are somebody that is worth something and and, and you should also let your soul be at peace. Let's talk about the transitions from where you were born to where you were raised to where you live now. I'm going to call out the name of each of these places again, and I just want you to give us one word or one brief phrase of how each of these places impacted your musical, creative, and spiritual journey. All right, Sierra Leone, Africa. Survival. Mm -hmm. London, UK. Education. Mm -hmm. Being on tour, so the many places that you what has that offered you? 
everything uh, to be to be more understanding of the world. Mm -hmm. Understanding. Yeah. Survival, understand. education, yeah. understanding. The United States of America. Life. Life. All of it. All of that. All of that stuff before is all now, of that is, stuff. is in is in, <laughs> in that, this in. one now. Uh huh. In this one. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> now. 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 Okay. Uh oh. So we got survival, we got education, we got uh, understanding, understanding. we got life, mm. and we got you now. Need. Uh. Yeah. You need to be in the now, you need to know how to survive, you need education. What's the next one? Understanding. And you need understanding. Okay, mm. let's go to under, amen. Yes. <laughs> let's go to education. Mm. Um, you left school, the school system at 16 yeah. years old, and your parent, your mom allowed this. Yeah, she was very cool. She My was mom very was telling cool. me from when I was 12, it's going to be all right if you did exams are rubbish because I know you're going to be the on exams stage. Exams are rubbish. <laughs> no, but she, she was already very like... No, I, I just want to make... I wanted know. to repeat it so everybody could hashtag that and give hey. your mom credit. Exams are rubbish. <laughs> I, I must also say somebody else who was very important in, in, in being a father role, you okay. know, when I was that age. He, he was my godfather. And his name? And his name was Thomas Blowfield. Was he a musician? He was He was just crazy. He okay. was He was a... He was a... Norfolk Kingsland old English man who was who was an English maths teacher who was retired who was oh. my mom's first landlord when she came to London in the 70s and then 15 years later he became the person that basically kind of adopted me my mom mm. was deported and he she was deported yes yeah, from you know, there, there, yeah, we can't do it all now. okay we can't do it. <laughs> look I'm trying though <laughs> but there was a period of her you know not being in, in, in England and he looked after me and he was the person oh. that really opened my eyes to Afro-American wow. music okay and was he, he was, he was white. He was, um, yes, okay. and mm -hmm. the social services did not like that. Right, so yes. there's a movie about this that's about to happen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, the storyline sounds very movieable. Um, so what would you say was your greatest source, source of education from that moment? And like, if you could be specific, um, and then what message do you have to parents of young artists who are trying to help them navigate where they need to be in their journey? You, woof. You, well, first of all, you, the, the greatest education was being around older people. Mm -hmm. That is the greatest education. And you respected that right away, or was that something you had to learn was, to grow was, to respect? I wanted it. You did. I wanted to be around people that were, were born before I was born, and I wanted to know what they knew, and I wanted to know how did they know it, and how come they were this cool, and how come they were, they, they were like this, and why come those people when they were born in the 1930s are more soulful than people like now, and what's going on, and why are the people like this? Why is a jazz musician like like this? Why they got this unique vibe? And why is people from the South like this? Why has James Brown got this kind of vibe like this? Mm -hmm. From people in the North, you know, who were born in the same period, yeah. who like jazz, maybe didn't like. I was so you were learning history, I was, geography. Yes. Uh, I was I was scoping it all out yeah. at that age. I wanted to know why do people like this and why 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 is a, a musician like BB King? How come he got into the blues, but he was born the same time as like Miles Davis? I don't understand. And then I wanted to know why. Okay. You know. One word, really quickly, or one sentence. If James Brown, who had you on stage 14, 15, 16 years old, way back in the day, was to look at you now and all the things that you've accomplished since, what would, you, what would he say? <laughs> if you could translate it in a way that we would understand. Because no, it'd probably be like, you know, it'd probably be something like that. But well. You're doing all right, son. You're doing all right. <laughs> he would say something like that.
said really quickly, and we're gonna leave on this note. You've been, you're not only, you're many titles, and you do many times of music, but you've also been a programmer and curator, inviting other artists to the table to be a part of the scene, to celebrate their work, to ask them questions. And you said that a lot of people take from jazz, but mm. you wanted to create a movement that was giving back to jazz. In one word, what is it that you think that Mwenso and the Shakes is offering back to the jazz legacy? I think we're trying to uh, present an offering uh, spiritual offering of all of everything that they contribute yeah. to the world and, mm -hmm. and almost in a sense like a, a tip your hat mm -hmm. to all of the blessings they gave us through all of the creations that they, they mm -hmm. had and I think it's, we've just found another way of offering to them praise mm -hmm. and thanks mm -hmm. really that's really what we're trying to do with the music is just thank them Amen. You know. So for all of the traditions that come out of the jazz tradition, they do show up in your work, which is why it's hard to peg you down as one particular thing. But by exploring those works, you're offering that back to the jazz legacy. I think that's beautiful. Um, and finally, if I follow you on Instagram, you don't follow back. Cool. <laughs> of course. That's it. We'll see. I don't think he knows how to work any computers. I really don't. I really think that, that you are a record black and white analog dude. Okay, we'll see. I know how to do it. Go online, do your homework, Can follow you? Mwinso and the Shakes, look out for their albums, catch them live somewhere. Y'all are phenomenal. Give them up. A round of applause one more time. Michaela, Savannah, Buyo, Matisse, Ruben, Julian, and Michael, thank you. Thank you. I got my tickets on lock. <laughs> Divinely devoted to the edification of joy, jam sessions, and of course, jazz. Listen, I wanna say thank you so much to the multifaceted Mwenso and the Shakes for bringing the spirit of youth and the thoughtfulness of old souls to a forum that has influenced so many lives all over the globe. Thank you all. We look forward to staying within earshot of the enchantment that you are sure to continue to conjure through the craft and we wish you all the very, very, very best. If you're feeling blessed and you want more, B-side that is, you can check out past episodes on youtube.com slash brick TV and our podcast at soundcloud.com slash B-side podcast or just come on by the studio to feel the magic up close. I am your host, Queen God is, wishing you a prosperous 2018. May the music uplift and your light stay lit. We love you. We love you, Brooklyn. Till next time. So you win. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Alon Cole, Ro Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Moulet and edited by Emily Bogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit bricksartsmedia.org slash radio. Mm -hmm.